Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. I just did all this for you and you want to dump me? He's withholding his wrath. That's a sign of mercy right there. But at the moment, God is withholding his wrath for them for wanting a king. It's going to play itself out later. Psalm 103 and 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. If he wasn't, every one of us would be dead right now. And we would be in condemnation now. But the fact that he is holding his wrath back is a very good thing for us. He's not immediately taking out his wrath on Israel right away because God loves Israel. That's why. You remember when I came in here earlier and I told you I love you? Okay? I want you to understand what love is. You'd be amazed so many people don't understand godly love. Somewhere in their past, they were abandoned by a parent or mistreated or abused, and they just cannot believe that somebody would love them on a level like this. But God does. Israel probably deserves anger. But when love is in the equation, that changes absolutely everything, doesn't it? It changes the whole dynamic And so even though Israel is trying to wander off in disobedience, saying no to God, that doesn't change the fact that God still loves them. And also, God is going to deliver on the promises that He made for them still yet to come. Yes, He's going to let His warning play itself out on them, but the reason for that will be for the benefit of their learning. You parents that have raised children, they've wanted to do something, don't do that. Okay, let me tell you, if you do that, here's what's going to happen. And they got that look on their face like, I'm going to test you to the very end. And they do it anyway. Then you administer the consequences, but not until they do it. Because they need to learn. Because they need to learn how to make a better decision that will protect them from something worse later. God is holding his wrath back because Israel needs to learn how to make decisions, better decisions that could protect them from something much worse than a dictator king. The Lord has held his wrath off from me and let me go through consequences that really hurt to teach me that there's something much worse and I need to make better decisions. There's something called hell and it exceeds greatly worse than everything I've ever done. And he gave me the opportunity to learn how to make those decisions and it worked well for me. So he's going to let his warning play itself out on them for their learning. Israel is going to have to experience what this king is going to do to them so that they will come back to lamenting. You see how things work here. So they'll come back to lamenting where they just were. They got to come back to that. This king is going to push them into wars 
He's going to be a dictator who's going to enrich himself at their expense. He's going to take their property. He's going to tax them. And by the time they realize that Samuel's warning has come true, it's going to be too late. The Lord's not going to hear you in that day. The full flow of your consequences have to take effect on you now. And friends, I have to echo the same warning that Samuel gave Israel then. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ. All too often, I see people wandering off from God because they want to live like the rest of the world. God did not call you to live like them. He called you to live holy, to recognize your identity that you have with Him in the relationship He offers you because He loves you. That should be nowhere, nothing near like the rest of the world. And so people today... They want to live like the rest of the world. They don't want Jesus as their king. They want another king. No. We want a king here. They want another king to rule over them. They want either a money king or they want a government king to go out and fight their battles for them while they despise and reject all the provision and all the victory that God offers them through Jesus Christ. Now, when people reject Jesus, they reject relationship with God. It is a rejection of holiness. It is a refusal to be God's unique, special people. Because they want to be like everybody else. It is a rejection of their true identity that God intended for them. And right now, many people are in rejection of God's will. And so he has begun to bring in Heavy measures to get the people back to lamenting. You wonder why there's so much suffering going on in the world. Why is everything so messed up? Because people are not lamenting for their sin. They're trying to be like the world. God wants you to turn and come back to Him. He called you to be special to Him. Your sin is not good. It's going to hurt you. And you've been warned, why are you running straight into slavery? God wants us to lament and be sorry for our sin, not celebrate it, to be sorry for it. 2 Corinthians 7.10, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. If the world is making you sorry, if you've got world pains, if the world is making you hurt, oh, where's the answer? You've got the wrong sorrow. You've got worldly sorrow. You need godly sorrow because that brings you into a place of no regret. That brings you to peace. It brings you to salvation, leads to salvation. Now, from that verse right there, you can see how godly sorrow, lamenting, is a good thing. God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for what I did against you. Forgive me, God. That's where he wants to get you. But when people forget about their sin, they try to take over. No, God, God, no, no, I can do this. Sit down. I got this. I know better. I'm going to do it my way. How many times you've been there? I hear laughing in the room because you've done it. (laughs) Just like me. The pastor? Yes, the pastor. Come on. That's what Israel was doing here in 1 Samuel 8. They forgot about everything God had ever done for them. They're tired of waiting on the Lord, and so they tried to take over and do it their own way. Friends, have you forgotten what the Lord Jesus did for you? He left the stature, the the high place 
of his throne. He left heaven to come down and die for us. Did you forget? But through his death, he gave you victory. Did you forget? Your money's not going to get you victory. Your career, your government, whatever it is you're hoping in, is not going to get you victory. Jesus did that. You're serving the wrong God. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Well, that ought to stick. Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. God, I want a king now. I don't want to wait for Jesus to come back. I want to get rich and have lots of money. And then I can fix all my problems. Lord, I want it now. I say wait on the Lord. But Lord, I'm weak. But Lord, I hurt. I need the money, God. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait on the Lord. But God, you're not fast enough. Oh, as if we could do better. Whatever you think is the right way to go is not. Let's just make that as blunt as I can make it. Whatever you think is right is not. You have to consult with the Lord on everything or it's going to turn out wrong every time. Israel thinks that installing their own king is the right way to go, but it's not. It's not the right way. And it's going to bring a lot of trouble. One thing about sin is that you can choose your own sin, but you never get to choose the consequences that come in behind it. That is the son of a gun thing about sin. Pick your sin, you don't pick the results, the consequences. Now, some points of application we can go put to this story is first, we should notice that when the Lord said to Samuel in verse 7, he said, they have not rejected you, they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Believers, as believers, genuine believers, you know, we're supposed to represent Jesus in our lives. Sadly, there's a lot of people that hate Jesus, And I've noticed that most people who call themselves a Christian actually hate Jesus. They will not do anything Jesus has commanded them to do. They hate everything of the Lord, everything that has to do with Him. They don't like it. But for some reason, they think they're a Christian. And they will actually demonstrate their hatred of Jesus by how they treat you. They will cut you out of social events. They will dislike you. They will insult you. They will make fun of you. They will ridicule you. And if you don't understand your relationship with God, if you forget who you are in Christ, you will let those people hurt you with what they say about you. I want you to remember what Jesus said in Luke ten sixteen. He said, he who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Also, John fifteen eighteen, he says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. When people hate you and reject you for being a believer in Jesus, do not let that pressure stay on your shoulders. Don't let that weigh on you. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. It ain't against you. It's against Jesus. So let it slide off. Onto Christ. He can take it. He already did. He died on the cross for that. Don't deny what Jesus did for you on the cross by keeping that pressure on you because of the way people treat you. It's not about you, it's about Jesus. Let it slide off. Easier said than done, Ray. No, it's pretty easy done. Jesus died for that. That's why it's easy. People say things that hurt me all the time, and I have to snap back to this. They hated him before they hated me. So don't keep asking yourself, why don't they like me? 
It's not you they don't like. It's Jesus they're against. And once you have, once you realize that their rejection is actually not against you, then that will make it easier for you to carry on. And I think that's why the Lord told Samuel this. He said, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. I think that's why he said that to Samuel, because it would have helped Samuel to hold his head up high and continue doing the work of the Lord. I think Samuel really needed to hear that. I need to hear it, and I know you needed to hear it. When they hate you, don't... Why are they... Hold your head high. Jesus took that from me. Keep going. Okay? It's not you they're hating. It's Jesus Christ. Let it slide to the cross. We have to keep our relationship with Jesus in focus. Keep your relationship in focus. That's the number one reason why you don't let this bother you. Because when we forget who we are in Christ, that's when we start trying to take over. That's a red flag. I'm going to do this, not God. Remember your place. That's when we make demands of God, just like Israel was doing in this chapter. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Notice the passage says, if, (laughs) if, if you abide in Jesus and if his words abide in you, You know, Israel was not abiding in the Lord at this point. They were wandering off, and they were not asking. They were demanding a king. Let's not foul this one up. Let's not mess up this verse in our life, okay? Jesus said, "If also, he says, if you ask in my name, not in your name. Oh, Lord, I need a new car. Fancy one with that big stereo and the subwoofer in the back and, you know, power windows and ah, make it a Porsche while you're at it. That's asking in your name. Jesus said, if you ask in my name, then you can have. And what I see here is that this agrees with the passage I just showed you, that if you abide in him. In other words, if your asking is in agreement with the Lord's will, he will give it. Israel was asking outside of God's will. They're going to get it, but it's going to be a mess. And boy, are they going to get it. You don't want that kind of getting it. So, Israel's demands were not in line with the Lord. Our asking should always be in agreement with God's will. If you don't know what God's will is, read the book and find out. Asking wrongly brings bad consequences. And remember what the Lord warned Israel of after they cried out because of this king. Oh, this king's so terrible. Oh, what what have you done to us, Lord God? And the Lord said, I will not hear you in that day. By then it's done. I will not hear you. John 9, 31. Here's something interesting about the blind man that got his eyesight. He went and said to the leaders, he says, now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. You want God to hear your prayers? You got to ask yourself, am I doing God's will? When I sin, am I asking for forgiveness? Or am I sinning willfully and saying it's my right to do this? Which way? You've heard the saying, God hears all prayers. No, He does not. Those who do not obey the Lord seem to only pray on airplanes and during earthquakes. Those prayers never make it past the ceiling. God does not hear it. 1 Peter 3.12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. 
Bottom line is we need to remember holiness because our identity with God is in holiness. Your identity with God, who you are with God is in holiness, being set apart. You can't be like everybody else and be in God's will. You got to be set apart, not acting like the world. The Lord wanted Israel to be holy, set apart for him. His own special people with a unique purpose of being priests for His name. Israel was starting to forget about their unique relationship with God. They were starting to forget their identity, who they are. Have you forgotten who you are? Y'all may remember not long ago, I gave a story about I suffered blindness for a a few days. And when I started kind of getting it back a little bit. I wanted to get out of the house because I was stuck at home for a few days. I couldn't see anything. It's terrible. I went to the antique store. I was having a really bad time because I got in the antique store and I had double sunglasses. I had my sunglasses in the the film ones you get from the eye doctor. I doubled and I still couldn't. And I lost the the pair, the the film ones fell off and and got, and and, and I damaged and I, I couldn't put them on. Now I'm really, I'm struggling to see. And I was just, I was absolutely defeated. I was totally defeated because the enemy had been picking at me in the dark for three days you're worthless. This is what you get for being the bad guy you are. And don't you feel stupid now? You can't even get out and drive anywhere, you know, because you can't see. And look how vulnerable and weak you are. And I've been putting up with that for three days. And now I'm finally thinking of getting out somewhere and I lose those glasses and, I, and I'm stuck at the antique store. And I, I, that was it. That was the damn broke. And that was the end of me. Now the thought was, how do you get home? Anna was off at work that day. I was doing okay. She was off at work somewhere else. Now the enemy goes, see, now you got to call her and tell her about the stupid situation you're in. You're at the antique store and it's bright outside. Summertime, you can't even drive home. Now you got to call for help because you're helpless. And I was walking down the aisle and I saw somebody was selling Scrabble tiles. Weird thing. 25 cents a piece for a Scrabble tile. Who would pay that? And somebody had put a stand out and they made it spell a son of God. Somebody did that. And I saw it said a son of God. And that's when I remembered who I am. I'm a son of God. This talk about you're worthless and you're stupid and you're a moron. Look how weak. I don't have to hear that. I'm a son of God. And I paid 25 cents per tile. And I bought every one of them. And I have that on my, uh, my computer. It says, a son of God. I don't want to forget who I am. I don't want you to forget who you are. Romans eight fourteen. Let's remember our identity. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Tell yourself, every time the enemy tells you how worthless you are, I'm a son of God. I don't have to listen to this language from you anymore. I am a son of God. You listen to God's language. Okay? Don't forget your identity. Israel forgot their identity. God says, come back to holiness. Come back to being set apart. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. You see those people on TV, you know, that almost look like I do. And you're thinking, man, I wish I looked like him. Or I wish I looked like her. Who said you have to look like him? Who said you have to look like her? You need to look like a son of God. That's who you need to look like. And you can look like a son of God in any state of health, any state of mind. You can be a son of God. Remember your identity. Father God, we thank you for your word. 
Lord, I could not keep going if it was not for your word giving me this encouragement. Thank you that you called me to holiness. And with the call to holiness is the lamenting of sin first to get there. Father, may we remember that we are the sinner, not you. We don't shake our fist at you. We raise our open, surrendered hands to you, thankful for what you have done for us. Forgive us, Father, for all the times we tried to reject you and take over and did not wait on your timing when we forgot about who we are in you. Thank you for the reminder today who we are. This story was about Israel, Lord God. But the application I can walk with it today is that you have called me out of the darkness, out of slavery, and into the light, into freedom in Jesus Christ. May I never forget that. Lord, somebody here today needed to hear it. Somebody today needed to hear it. They've been beaten up. Lord, they don't have to let that sit on their shoulders anymore. Take it off of them, Lord God. Free them of that weight. Release it from them. And let it slide off to the cross. Jesus took care of that already. Lord God, you're freeing people now. You're easing their minds, easing their hearts. It's going to affect their, their health, their mental state. Lord, that's a language we don't have to listen to because we belong to you. May we never forget that we belong to you. And Lord, for those who don't know what that means yet to belong to you, let me go ahead and state it. Lord God, we all sinned. We all messed up. All of us. There's nobody in here any better. Some people look at the pastor and say, well, he must be perfect. He's the pastor. Nope, I've messed up too. I've sinned. I've blown it. But I can come to you, Lord, and ask forgiveness. And say, Lord Jesus, I am no longer the boss of my life. I make you the boss right now. You rule, not me. And that is a handoff where I let go and give my life to you because I've already ruined it. I need you to fix it. So, Lord, for people having a hard time understanding what is this Christian life, what is having the identity, what does it mean? It means you give your life to Jesus and declare him, Lord, the master of your life. Father, I give you my life. Take it. It's yours. All the clutches I have still holding on to things, Lord, teach me to let them go. And let them go to your timing to your righteous, loving, good will, Father. Help me with that. I'm having a hard time. But if I made you Lord, then I let everything go to you. That's being a believer in Jesus Christ. Teach me, Lord, your word. I will follow your word. I go to the standard. I'm not going to act like other Christians. I'm going to act like Christ. I'm going to follow him. Thank you for giving us your word so that I can. Forgive me of the error of my walking where the ways I have walked where I thought was right, which was not. Get me back on track. I lament of my sin. Forgive me, O God, for the sins I've committed against you. And Thank you for saving me. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone in here or on the radio hearing my voice right now, if you've given your life to Christ, let me know. Please say something. Listen to the information at the end of this radio broadcast and say something. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to help you any way that I can. Thank you so much. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.